<laughs> hey guys, welcome back to the Brick City Blockade podcast. Of course, this isn't your average podcast that we've been used to doing in the past. Not only are we back, the blockade is back, but we are here with a new series for you all called The Batch Recap. And of course, it's centered around the brand new show to hit Disney+, Plus, which we are super excited about. It's called The Bad Batch, based off of the amazing Clone Force 99, of course, that we saw come out of the Clone Wars series this last time around. But listen, I am not doing a damn podcast unless I have my friends with me on this one. Of course, I'm Robin Vogt, and of course, sitting with me as well as Mr. Sean Michaud, my co-host. How's it going, friend? Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? It's Sean. We're, we're back. <laughs> hi. It is, hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to see Sean on the show. And of course, my good friend, Words of the Wills, Mr. Andrew Merton Garish himself. Andrew. Hello there. Uh, it is good to be back recording with you guys. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about Bad Batch. Yeah, I'm super excited about this opportunity. Now, Andrew, of course, we wanted to kick this thing off. I know it's something you talked about briefly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, our good friend, Mr. Tom Kane. Um, it's always great hearing his voice at the beginning mm-hmm. of uh, any Star Wars product, but I know you had some words you wanted to share about Mr. Kane himself. Yeah, unfortunately, I think earlier this year, he suffered a stroke. And I believe he did lose a lot of his uh, speaking ability. So right. uh, the chances of him really doing voice acting going forward is very slim. Um, but I just want to say that it was really, really exciting to hear his voice for the opening for Bad Batch. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Star Wars fans and Andrew, thank you for verbalizing that because I'm sure if Tom, if you're listening out there, just know you got the love from the Brick City Blockade crew here. And uh, it's super important to the fans every time we have the opportunity to hear Tom or see him at a Star Wars event or wherever it is, Comic-Con, um, to know that he has the, our, you know, we have his back and that uh, every time we hear his voice, it puts a smile on our face. And it, let's let's kick this thing right off here. You know, we talked about this series the minute it came out, it was announced. We were like, wow, we're going to really get into some very almost uh, John Wick style Star Wars mm-hmm. here with the Bad Batch, which I thought that's a really great. great comparison. It me. is. Yeah. And it was the let's let's dig into it because it really hit that note early on, not only with the opening. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to pass it around to you guys on this, but let's really dig into the timeline, too, because we have not seen this specific part of the star Wars timeline touched upon whether it was within the animated stuff in the past or mm-hmm. whether it was in the films itself. I know revenge of the Sith kind of played around with this. That was our first time seeing a certain man, Mr. Andrew Garish, and finally getting to see where the territory is in which we're playing in on this yeah. is like absolutely amazing. It's it like very little besides maybe the final season of Clone Wars yeah. has really tied up with the events of Revenge of the Sith, like right as everything is going on. Right. Like we'll get into it more, but like where this is, is right after essentially order 66. Mm. Um, it picks. Well, I don't want to go too far. Yeah, so I'll let I'll let Sean talk. <laughs> no, it's 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 such an important timeline spot, Sean. And yeah, it is. Show us so much. It is, and especially 
coming right after Clone Wars. And we we know we all seen the the last few episodes of Clone Wars, especially the moment when they call orders execute mm-hmm. Order sixty six. Yeah, all my mind is going back to Clone the last Clone Wars with with Ahsoka and Darth Maul because mm-hmm. it's so cool to see mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. different timelines at the same exact same and seeing two different things happening. Yes, the, in not that the same. Timeline. Yeah, in the same timeline, not the same time exactly, but yeah. But it's still really cool to see and kind of compare those two, mm-hmm. how how Ahsoka deals with it, and then how the Bad Batch deals with it. And it's it's and really the, interesting seeing yeah. it from the clones' perspective. Yeah, it's, well, it's it, the Bad Batch's perspective yeah. anyway. <laughs> and and, it's, the, and it, yeah. that's what the series is supposed to show, like yes. which I yes. which I love. Like we we never had a, a series of. The the Clone Wars, the, sorry, mm-hmm. the clones' uh, per- perception of the yeah of the execute Order sixty six side, and especially these guys' mm-hmm. side. So it, yeah, it's really it's really notable to to show mm-hmm. it. I think that's a great way of putting it. Notable is probably the best word to to describe it. And also from the Bad Batch, who in particular here we know so much about them just from their appearances in the Clone Wars, but we really get to know their personalities even more throughout this episode. And we really get to understand, like, especially when the clones are trying to fight off the remaining separatists and <laughs> our good friend, of course, the cameo that really took us all yep. by freaking surprise that we never thought we'd ever see happen. I never thought we'd see happen either nope. um, in this series to kick it off. Mr. Caleb doom himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see when he said, well, they called in reinforcements where are the reinforcements and he's like, Oh, Oh, they'll be here. <laughs> They're good. And it's not what you think it is folks. Um, but I know Andrew, one of the things you want to talk about too. And I think it's so important with the introduction of Caleb mm-hmm. doom, of course, known, if you've watched the Star Wars Rebel series and in the Star Wars canon itself as Kanan Jarrus himself, mm-hmm. is we're getting not only Freddie Prince Jr. going back in time to a 14-year-old, which big shout out to Freddie, yes. interesting dynamic there in terms of the voice and the age of your character. He there. did try and de-age his voice. Yeah, I could hear it. I could hear it. I'm sure that was a lot of practice in the shower and a lot of mm-hmm. practice, uh, you know, driving to shower. work in the morning. <laughs> Just, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'll let Freddie talk about that specifically. But um, I think the one thing that really stood out, guys, in that moment was his relationship to his master. Yeah. We've heard mm. things about it. We've read stories about his relationship. And we finally see who who she was. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, we get a form. we get a picture to the face. Or I just said that wrong. No, you're right. No, 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 because <laughs> no, no, right. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we saw we saw a little bit in the Kane and Jarrus comic too, mm-hmm. like early on, but we never finally get to see that relationship on screen. And Andrew, I know you wanted to talk about that relationship with Caleb Doom because it is the shock and it is so important to the intro mm-hmm. to the series. So the real differences are is the Bad Batch isn't a part of the comic book itself. Right. Um, one, they did change um, Zeppa's lightsaber color to blue instead of green. Mm-hmm. Um, I've People have an issue with the color change. I don't. I think huh. blue works well with that environment, with the snow and everything. Mm-hmm. Real difference is when Order 66 happens is when they're back at their camp during the comics 
whereas mm. they're in the middle of a battle here. Um, and yeah, it can be, it is retconning, but honestly, I feel this version is a little bit better. Yeah, being at camp and like just the sudden hit of 46 and 6 happening there is like a hard hit, but I feel it's like they just won a battle, then they get the order. And it's like, one, they played the Order 66 music again from right. Clone Wars. So Caleb doesn't really, he does run away like he did in the series, but mm-hmm. it was just the regular clones like chasing after him and he just hid from them. He didn't really jump over a crevice or anything like that. Right. I feel like, what's the word I'm looking for? It felt more intense in this <laughs> version than it was in the comic for me. That was going to be my question to you in this case, Andrew, is when we're looking at the way that the comic outlines the execution of Order 66 in the world of Kane and Jarrus, in comparison to the comic books and then what we saw in the Bad Batch series intro here, it seems like you use the word retconning, but there's a difference in that. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's a certain amount of emotion and there's also an audience that they have to grab the attention of mm-hmm. by retconning it and i'm putting that in air quotes for all those listening on the on the audio version um th- just just to get it out there to this audience because this is the connection between star wars rebels and the bad batch this mm-hmm. is where that borderline is so for you andrew in particular and i'm going to throw it over to you sean on this one because i feel like by doing so this is the cohesiveness that we've been talking about in the star wars universe that we've been wanting to see the cohesiveness in timeline and the cohesiveness in the story. Mm-hmm. Do you think they accomplish that just by doing that one thing, Andrew? I I do. And it's not the first time they changed something. Yeah. Um, they did it with Clone Wars with the Maul and Ahsoka duel. Because um, yeah. it's talked about in the Ahsoka book. And it's slightly different um, than how it's portrayed in the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars, I feel, t- does it, the fight a lot better than yeah. what it's described in uh but. Gotta thank Dave Filoni for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was gonna um, be yeah. No, continue, Andrew. The one thing I do want to say, I like how Caleb is afraid at first, running away, and then when he falls down from the tree, lands in the snow, and he just pulls his lightsaber off his belt and turns yeah. it on. That's the Kane and Jarrus that I remember. Like that's it. It was just one of those moments where it's like. I remember this character from Rebels. Right. And I doubt there's going to be anything going forward from this. Right. It would be really cool if we got more of Caleb in his younger years and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like he obviously he hides his lightsaber for until we see it in Rebels. Right. But there's more with that character that can be explored and stuff like that. Right. That's my question to you, Sean, in terms of the inclusion of Caleb Doom at the beginning of the story, because I think a lot of fans out there, and I think there's very few of them, but I think that there are some that exist and they're probably saying to to themselves and probably posting on social media as we know it is, um, are putting out there, why include Kanan at the beginning of this? This is a totally different thing. This is Bad Batch. This is their storyline. We know they exist out there. We know there's people like that. But Sean, the thing I have to ask you on this, because you and I talk about this all the time in terms of the storyline and trying to include things without making it feel like fan service, right? That big old word that we always use. Did you feel that they really 
hit the point by doing this of it not being fan service and just saying, oh, no, we need to tell this in this moment because it is cohesive to the story. Yes. I mean, it is a fan service. Yes. But at the same time, it, it I think, like you said, he the character need to be more fleshed out, mm-hmm. I think. Especially for, I think it's going to be important for the storyline, for this storyline, and I hope we see him see him again mm. soon. I, I don't know how soon, but I think I think it's important for to have those interwebs of different characters mix. Oh, I like that. And I, like like I said before, like I kind of almost interrupted Andrew saying. Thank you, Dave Filoni, for doing this. I always, always thank Dave Filoni. Yeah, he, he's a mastermind of doing this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, you can never go wrong what he's going to do. Dumb. So true. In Filoni, we trust for sure on that. And taking a look as we moved away from bringing Caleb Doom into the picture, man, I, the, the one thing that really stood out to me just within the first, I'll say 15 to 20 minutes, of this show was the bad batch that we saw in clone wars. And then just how tight knit this crew is number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was just something about, as we moved forward with these characters throughout this episode, they each have their own personality. As we know mm-hmm. a little bit of like Kingsman kind of vibe to it. Like each person has their own mission. Each person has their own vibe that they carry to, to get the job done. Um, it's really cool in that way. But the one thing again, that stood out was we have not really seen anything like this Mm. in the star Wars universe where you have Mm -hmm. four individual characters all teamed up. You could say this about Luke, Leia, you know, some of the other classic trilogy characters, but there is just something unique when you take clone troopers who are technically, uh, banished from the regs Mm -hmm. And have been given this task because they are the elite of the elite. When you see those personalities come together and also butt heads, that's unique. And is something that we haven't really talked about in the Star Wars universe. And Andrew, I'm going to throw it to you on this specific point because these characters cohesively come together in the storyline. We get to learn more about them. But it's challenged by one specific person at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. And we go to Cam- we go to Camino, which I think is absolutely amazing. And one we see favorite, the Camino planets, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we get to see Tarkin mm-hmm. in the timeline, following. And we could go back to Revenge of the Sith. Today is Revenge of the Fifth, so let me throw that out there. And in Revenge of the Sith, we see that brief moment of him with Darth Vader and the Emperor standing Mm -hmm. looking at the construction of death star that's the only other time we have seen him within that timeline stretch now we see him here in bad batch what did the inclusion of tarkin and the way in which he tested the bad batch here after order 66 what did that mean for you in particular and what do you think it means for the story going forward i mean after we wind a little bit to absolutely palpatine's speech Oof, yes please preach on that because that's that's huge i like seeing it from the perspective on camino it's like yeah. well not only that when they first arrive they're carrying out a body of a jedi yeah that's when i was like okay <sighs> this is 
for the older audience. Yeah, it is. Clone Wars wouldn't have. So whose body was it? That's speculation. The lightsaber dropped. You could pause it and you could look at the hilt and try to figure it out. Um, Because it wasn't Shakti because she was on Coruscant. And it is confirmed that Anakin is the one that killed her. (sighs) Okay. That's right. Shakti. So anybody out there listening, go back, do a little lightsaber hilt checking. I know Andrew might do that too. So (laughs) we we might do this Um, after this episode. We might have to do it. Um, But just hearing the lines from Revenge of the Sith again, I like that they just pulled it from the movie. Yeah. But they added their own music to it. And as soon as he said it, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. And then the Imperial March hits. Mm. That's Mm. when I was like, Mm. okay, this is going to be great. Mm. Take all my fancy. And then the next scene is when Tarkin shows up. So it's like, so did Palpatine send Tarkin before (laughs) his speech? (laughs) Because it's like perfect timing. It's like, did Palpatine like do math? Like, was he like a math whiz in school or something like that? Get to Camino before I kick your ass. <laughs> no, his his force powers is math. Don't you know that? Go oh. on. Go on. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was his force. So that's how he beat Yoda. <laughs> By doing long division? Yes. <laughs> because Yoda does everything backwards. So you would do four equals four plus four. <laughs> oh my goodness i just love that andrew said four equals four plus four that's even that's even better (laughs) that's the thing yoda would say it like that too you would too you would absolutely say it like that no i think the inclusion of tarkin like you said right there i think and i'm and i'm so sorry to people out there that i totally bypassed the emperor palpatine because like i said it tickled my fancy completely i look at me i'm getting emotional about it it was it was really fantastic and the way that it just again moves forward and Tarkin just comes right in and is like, this is not the way things can be. We're going to, we're I'm testing your clones. I'm waiting to see the if that shit does. We're contracted under the galactic Republic. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That whole political conversation between him and, and the Kaminoan leader, that mm-hmm. was, that was like, Whoa, hold and yet on. Pe- yet people say star Wars shouldn't be political. <laughs> Right, when us Tarkin came in, it just it reminded me of so much of Rogue One Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Expand on that, Sean, because that's such an important point. Just the the it's the way how how dark he like his his wording of his I don't remember what he says, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but the way he talks and the way how he talks he talks like the emperor like like the emperor like. Mm-hmm giving orders and all that is like I'll elaborate on that yeah um, I can see the point where you're talking about where Tarkin shows up when they're finishing the construction of the Death Star and he goes to um, what's his name Ben Mendelsohn's character oh he goes Orson, in Orson Krennic yeah. and he's like mm. Death Star is mine now yeah it's that same yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of thing thank like you thank, thank you for referring that too okay. hey and you know who, my head. Uh, you know who did the voice of our man Tarkin here on uh, Bad Batch here is our good friend, Mr. Stephen Stanton. So big good shout out to Stephen. Stanton. Man, I'm Honestly, telling you. I want to say this. His, tar- his Tarkin's always been fantastic. I feel like this is the 
best performance oh. he's given for Tarkin. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like he, he's always sounded like Peter Cushing, but this, I felt it was like Peter Cushing in the booth. So, Steven Stanton, <laughs> you're fantastic. <laughs> he hit thank the you, mark. Thank you, Steven. Yeah, we needed it as Star Wars fans right now, for sure. And then, of course, the Bad Batch moving on, we, they're tested by Tarkin, which that whole action scene yeah. was just incredible. You want to talk about a cohesive group. I mean, they were showing every tactic under the book that mm-hmm. they could pull. And ones and move, you know, moves and other things that we never thought we would see come from a clone group, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that was just so cool. And then we move into more of the, <laughs> the food Not fight. Not only that, but... <laughs> fight. Uh, I like how you put the food fight. fight. Yeah. During the testing, we see the first generation of the Dark Troopers. Very good point. Yes, we do. And that, of course, plays... In. And again, this is Filoni. This is Filoni being the master that he is. Throwing those little things in there. Okay, can we just... Uh, let's get to the food fight for a second. Because that's yes. really where we get to meet Omega. We're doing a food fight right now? Right now, food fight. <laughs> uh, as as people have not, people have not seen like the video, he, Robin's, Robin's playing playing food fight by himself. Yep. Invisible food fight. What were you saying, Andrew, about Sorry. The, all that? It oh, felt you're like good. high school again. <laughs> <laughs> kind of did a little bit, didn't it? And it I'm not going to lie. But Wrecker reminded me of you for some reason. Because I can see you just grabbing the trays and like tossing them in the air. And then... <laughs> okay, which, which, before we can move on, which clone are we? <sighs> oh, good question. Yeah. I guess I'm Wrecker because I'm just a big fat guy, I guess. So that works. <laughs> I guess that works. Am I, no, am I, not am just I, that, am but I Echo? Do... No, I could see more tech. More tech. Yeah. Tech? I was tech. thinking tech or Echo. Usually when I play Battlefront, I usually play as a sniper, but I also do like Hunter as well, because I do like doing self stuff. I, I was going to say, you're probably more along the Hunter line. So I'm Rambo. <laughs> Rambo. Essentially, essentially Rambo at that point. Absolutely. You're Sylvester Stallone, that's who you are. But of course, that's... We need to see Sylvester Stallone. That'd be interesting. I mean, he's it? being King Shark. Well, it's true. King that's Shark true. is a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Appreciate that insight. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what he says. So. <laughs> talking about that food fight scene, because I Wait, love... are you are you <laughs> sharks oh, yeah. to food fight? <laughs> I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it because because it's so important. It's a weird. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. So. Uh, we're already it's, after a great start. It's it's so important to the character of Omega because we just see her now, of course, as this girl who's following them around, is fascinated by the Bad Batch, has heard things about them, but there's more to it. And for her to sit with them and then, of course, the food fight scene and her showing like how badass she can be too, um, that there's more to her that we have to learn. I think... At first, a lot of people would probably look at the character of Omega and be like, where are they going with this character? What are they going to be doing here? Mm-hmm. You could but trust there's... a person with a name Omega because I, I fucking love that name. It's a fantastic so job bomb. No, I don't... warranted, warranted F bomb. She herself and her progression going forward 
when you look at the way in which she interacts with the rest of Camino, mm-hmm. but the way that she interacts with the Bad Batch, there's not only a passion in terms of her wants to join the Bad Batch, which we'll talk about after, but there's something about her character that we look at and we say, they have plans for her mm-hmm. in the canon. It's not like when, and I don't want to make the comparison to when we first met Ezra in Rebels. Mm-hmm. But it was that whiny kid who's trying to find his way off of like anything else in Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Who was trying to find more to their life and more to their being in the in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. We're getting that kind of same vibe with Omega, I felt. And she I reminds that, me of a young, yeah. like a very young Duchess Satine. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Maybe that's who she was cloned from. There's a lot of possibilities with that, aren't there? The question mm-hmm. is. With her being Omega, does that mean there's another clone that's called Alpha and Omega? If we know anything from the Star Wars universe, Andrew, it's that, yeah, there probably is something in, co- you know, again, I talk, I've been using that word a lot, the cohesiveness in the story and in the characters. Like George Lucas said, it's like poetry, it all rhymes. <laughs> I love how you said that like Kenobi as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what do you, what do you, Sean, let me start with you. What do you what are your thoughts about the character of Omega? Because I, I feel like we can go far with this character, and we have yet still so much to learn about her. Mm-hmm. We do. I mean, she's a she's young, and I think that, that's a, it's a weird dynamic of having the a bad batch, you know, Omega because they're so different characters, and mm-hmm. and I hope their uh, their personalities are clashed with each other if. Mm. If she joins the Bad Batch, probably not because she's not a Bad Batch. I mean, she could be, but we mm-hmm. don't know. D- depending how the series goes, but mm. but I, I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, the progression of her character. Yeah, right. Some people might not like like it, just like how Ahsoka came to be, and I think that's it's gonna, exactly it's what gonna, I was gonna it, talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be the same. I think it's gonna be the same thing with Omega. Why do you, uh, Andrew? Why do you talk about more about that? Well, since basically, you, since I brought it up a little, basically, what I was going to say is she is essentially going to be the Ahsoka of this series. Mm. One of the Bad Batch, probably Hunter, is going to be her mentor, so he he's going to be in the Anakin role, and she's essentially going to be Ahsoka. They're, they'll probably train her to be a soldier, essentially. Um, whether she stays with the group, who knows. Who knows what happens at the end of the season? Bad Batch could probably get all wiped out by Darth Vader. Who knows? Right. Um, maybe Finnick um, takes her on her wing. Who knows? Because she mm. does have an appearance in this series. So, right. Fascinating. Because we also see, and this is such an important connection to that, Saw Gerrera shows up here too. Yep. Which is by Forrest Whitaker still. Yes, such an important cameo mm-hmm. because two great cameos. Yeah, right. <laughs> we also like, get Meng Wei. Yes, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, which is <gasps> which is gonna be interesting. So, my comparison in that, from what we're building off of what you and Sean have said, Andrew, in particular, is that we've seen this consistent storyline, like Cassie and Andor, where he said, "I've been in this fight since I was, you know, extremely, extremely young." Uh, Jen Erso was basically found in a bunker. Saw Guerrero mm-hmm. found her and trained her. 
we're seeing a little bit of a similar development here with Omega. Those characters have such a place in the Star Wars universe. Ahsoka Tano becomes Anakin's Padawan, learns the way of the Force through that. There is that same vibe here with Omega, and I don't want to stretch it out because we know Filoni's the master at putting characters on that shelf and reusing later on down the road, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But there's something about the way that this character was introduced to us and the way in which she's been included just in one episode Mm -hmm. that I think that there's a progression going forward that I think is going to favor us seeing this character as, oh, yeah, no, they're going to be an intricate part of this story going forward. But. I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see with episode two. We yeah, go with her. which actually drops Friday, which is I know, which works perfect, honestly. Right around the corner. Any final thoughts on the Bad Batch itself here, and, and Omega and Tarkin, well, and I, anything? Well, Omega is actually female clone of Jango. Just letting you know. Oh, it is Jango. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I'm just on some Star Wars fandom. I was just looking at it really quick, but I. I interesting wow i'm i mean she does kind of look a little bit like a female boba right but you notice hunter does say that he said there's something unique about omega there's something that maybe maybe it's not just Django's dna maybe it's somebody else's too yeah because what what is it cross cross yeah crosshair says specifically too doesn't he say well do you obviously don't have a way with kids it's like, okay, is there a cross between Hunter and Django then in terms of genetics? Maybe. This kid is his kid? Maybe. Maybe another DNA, DNA of a force user? Uh, we'll have to get Neil deGrasse Tyson on here to explain all that stuff. <laughs> I can't like, <laughs> he can't dig into genetics on this show. DNA. That's crazy. Let's get some. Do you think um, Ancestry.com exists in the Star Wars universe? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Luke couldn't send his spit to Coruscant to figure out who his dad is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, like, there's got to be like the Kaminoans pretty much. Well, no, he did know who his dad was. Just so aren't they technically Ancestry.com? <laughs> Next time we show Kaminoa, it's gonna say Ancestry.com right across well, the, the thing. front of it. That's the thing. We don't know what happens to Camino. Right. True point. All, all we could know is Camino could have been the first testing for the Death Star. Fair point. Because they could have rebelled against Palpatine. And Palpatine could be like, okay, I'm going to shut that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> you used your swear card, Andrew. You I used did. your swear card. Nice and, and place, it, though. I used it as a Negan quote, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this quickly because as we move through the Bad Batch, Omega Tarkin, all just all these fantastic characters. Omega Tarkin, that's that's like Omega Tarkin. Stage. <laughs> Omega Tarkin, that's going to be the uh, name of something some point. Maybe we'll have to why do, do I see that like Omega. Tarkin just in like a transformer? <laughs> <laughs> Omega Tarkin. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, cue that note. I'm going to cue that note. Um, Send it to Steven Stanton. (laughs) (laughs) You can do Optimus Prime mixed with Tarkin. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Steven, prepare yourself. There's an email coming. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, because I I said this to you guys before 
we hit the record button again, as we always say, some of the best conversations happen before we hit the record button and, and, after. and after too. Sometimes during. Sometimes, sometimes. That's why we're doing this. Um, but when I was looking at the animation style here for this show, mm-hmm. I was sitting, like I said to you guys before, I was sitting back on my bed and I was like, really just enveloping the style in which Dave Filoni has carried over from Clone Wars into this series. Then I started moving closer, slowly burning my eyes in the process. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> during, the, during the Star Wars show? During the Star Wars show. And I was looking closely at the way in which these characters not only were drawn and animated, but the style in which this animation has come to form. And it is almost like illustrations come to life. You like the strokes of it pencil feels like on it's them. painted on. Yes. Especially that's especially the like the last 20 minutes of the the scene where they have the face the close-up of each of the bad batch. Yes. I'm like, is that sweat I'm looking at? It's like Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. It's phenomenal. It's I feel like it feels like it's a step above above the Clone Wars of last. It really is. It is. Where compared to where Clone Wars started with their first season. Yeah. The animation isn't that great. Whereas compared to Bad Batch, it's like a whole other level. And like yeah. I really noticed the paint on their armor and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. This is just the fine details in which Filoni and the production crew went through to really I, make this series. Like each scene, like of just with no one in it is so cool i just love seeing see like just maybe doing a screenshot of one scene and then doing another and it just looks so amazing it's like like i applaud the illustrators for doing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't get enough credit no they, they do don't. a lot of good work at lucasfilm they do a lot of great work sitting behind the desk and using all those amazing platforms that disney gives them uh to do this kind of work and it's oh. And Andrew, I, I got to get into Kevin Kiner. You were the one who brought this up initially when we were talking about the through the notes and what we were going to talk about here on this first episode. Kevin Kiner strikes gold again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on this music? His music is, if you don't get John Williams, Kevin Kiner is like a close second. Yeah. He has that Star Wars feel where it's like, you don't not think it's John Williams. Mm. It's like, a perfect balance of Kevin Kiner and John Williams. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Especially when they play the Imperial March, it's like, Mm. it sounded like they got John Williams in the booth and just had him record that one. Um, He's definitely improved with his scoring of like the Star Wars universe and stuff. And honestly, the live action stuff, they can keep, um, I'm terrible at names, but the one who does the Mandalorian. Um, oh yeah, him for the jo- live action. Jo- Jokum is that his name? Jorgen. Lud- yeah, Jorgen. Jorgensen or something like that. Well, I'll look it up. I think it's Ludwig Jor- Jorgensen. Yeah, but keep him on the live action stuff. Keep Kevin Kiner on the animated stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. This the score was Lud- some of the best. Ludwig. Ludwig. Yes. Lud- yeah. Well, Garnison, is that what you're trying to spell his name? <laughs> it's Swedish, so I don't, I'm sorry for the Swedish, our Swedish fans. <laughs> for all the fans from Sweden, we just we, botched We like your, your chocolate, though. 
Well, I like cheese. They're cheese too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a stupid joke. <laughs> oh, that was incredible! Oh yeah. man, welcome back, guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've missed yeah. this. Oh, so be- so much, so much. But yeah, the music. I know, Sean. You and I talk about music in the Star Wars universe all the time. Like Kevin Kiner, again, like I said to Andrew, struck gold on this one. I can't wait him to go even darker with this. I can see him. Yeah, like, it's definitely going to be a darker series. Like I, I, I want like that Darth Maul level of, mm-hmm. like what they did season. Was it season four, three? With Darth Maul's like first appearance coming back, or when he's like doing the Mandalorian stuff and taking over Death Watch. Oh, I'm t- I'm talking about uh, not Clone Wars. I'm thinking of a uh, Rebels. Sorry, I think it's season. Uh, he did pretty good with Rebels too. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah. any, like just I think he's really he's just fantastic with Darth mm-hmm. Maul. He is his Darth Maul score. Just like, I just love him doing dark scores. So that mm-hmm. it yeah. chills chills every well, time. He did Palpatine's theme really well. Mm. Like. Again, like I said, he's like, if you don't get John Williams, just get Kevin Kiner. He's got to be working his ass off. Like when he's putting this stuff together, like they must just call and say, Kevin, we need you right now, man. We need you to do this for us. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And then of course the pacing of this series so far, everything felt natural, the cutaways, Mm -hmm the way in which the story flowed in terms of conversations. I don't think it missed a beat in this first episode at all. Not at all. No, I agree. Sometimes first episodes can be really rough and can be yeah. really bumpy. Especially if it they're really almost flo- an hour and a half. Right. It, it didn't feel like an hour and a half. It felt like, no. a, it felt like a good 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It felt- 45 minutes would have been enough. They were generous in giving us <laughs> like a half an hour and a half. It felt like a movie. Yeah, yeah. You could show this in. Oh, imagine seeing that animation style and this music in a theater setting. Can we like have an RPX? Yeah. Can we have an, an, a, another Star Wars film with that style? Well, mm. Regal has been doing like private bookings of movies and stuff mm. like that. So I don't know if they'd necessarily be able to do that. Because I've mm. been trying to figure something out where we can do Return of the Jedi or something. Because, again, that's the only one I need to see in theaters to complete my journey of seeing all of <laughs> I the will, theaters. I will so, pay $7,000 to rent out a theater to watch it finally. From what I've seen, it's only like $100. I know, it's actually not that much. private screen, so... And coming out of a out of or heading into this pre-pandemic stage, I'm sure they're looking for every opportunity oh, yeah, to fill a theater. So maybe when Bad Batch is coming to a close this first season, maybe Brick City Blockade will do a marathon. A little bit of a marathon somewhere. Just queuing that in. Um yeah, I I, I, I think that condo in New Hampshire. <laughs> at the condo. We, we have in a movie New theater Hampshire. in the condo. Yes. <laughs> Wait, why do I feel like that's a quotable thing that I'm gonna have to throw at the end of episode? No, every episode it has to be. We have a movie theater at the condo, <laughs> but it's a different. But it's a different location. Just use that. Just, just use that clip especially. That's, that's our hi. I'm Paul at the end of every episode. <laughs> I'm Paul. 
Can we put that in every? Is there a movie theater at the condo? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We've got it. We've got it locked in. I love that. All right. It's not an episode of any Brick City Block. It's my favorite time of the year. It is your favorite time of the year. It's a little game that we have loved to play for so many years here. And it's a little game called... Can you you remind us how to play? Yeah, I'll remind us how to play. But what is it called? Under over. over. I mean, over under. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job, Sean. Nice job. Under over. Over under. Under over. (laughs) Top from bottom. left to oh. right. Oh, I went Wait, there. Can, can we record oh, this oops. and have it as a like a theme song, like over, under, over, under, over, under, We're under, 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 over, under. <laughs> All over, under, Robin. Oh, there. The, now oh, oh, that's a quotable you. text. Oh my god! Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if we did a video version of this, and it was like the Star Wars intro, and it's like that quote, it's like I'll over, under, Robin. <laughs> It just says my name. Quoted quoted from best-selling novel. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) You're gonna go immediately to the i the iTunes or Apple Podcast, whatever it's called. I'm sorry. I thought you can say the IRS. (laughs) I'm gonna go to the IRS and report you for the for saying that. Open up FBI. Oh man! So a little game of over under. Let's talk about future cameos in this series because we got Tarkin, we got Sagarera. Well, was We've, Tarkin really a cameo? Because that was a pretty long cameo. It was a long cameo, but it, you know, I think every what do we de- what do we define a cameo? So let's talk about specifically number one. The, the cameo itself is well, how, I, how how long do you think a cameo would be? Again, the Caleb Doom cameo was a pretty lengthy cameo. I would say more than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. More than 50 minutes. And definitely, if it's a character like Saw It's Guerrero, not going to be the same level as like a Stanley cameo. No, no, no. But like Saw Guerrero being inserted in there was a like definite for, for cameo. an episode who would have like a cameo here or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. So for over under for all those who have not listened or have, have really understood the actual rules to how over under works newcomers newcomers i always set this sean either sets this or andrew sets a certain percentage in which something could or may not happen so i, I just want to say yeah. okay we did this for rise of skywalker yes and robin promised oh boy here we go one of us <laughs> would get a prize oh boy here we go i won the last over under yeah you did the rise of skywalker came out in 2019 yeah it did it's 2021 you know it's what that is it's a pandemic's fault <sighs> he's robin a pandemic. Could have shifted to me uh, it, it, so the so the rules of this game, they they, they get really into. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. The question is, what is the prize we get for this? Love. Yes, because I still have no, no idea no. what it, the prize is that I was supposed to get. So you and I will speak after me. you. We we will speak at a later time about what that prize exactly is. Um, so are we getting Are we getting a prize for this one? Yes, there will be a Funko Pop associated with a the over-under on this. A bad batch Funko Pop. 
Yes. When they come out. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready to Don't you don't you even try mixing up our our giveaways here. Black Series figures. But Funko Pops. But Funko Pops. Are we gonna do a we we might as well do a bad batch giveaway Funko for our fans as well? Can we just move on so <laughs> so our fans won't be mad at us. Sorry, I know this is like a Disney shareholders they're, meeting right they're now. They're always mad at us. They're always pissed off. Oh, yeah. oh, so should we keep talking then? Yeah, we should just keep talking at that point. So I'm gonna set the percentage at 62 percent. Why not 66? Yeah. <laughs> no, because he's going for the SpongeBob route. Ah, okay. Exactly. 62 percent. <laughs> Whether <laughs> wrong. <laughs> 62% over under that we see a character from another character from Star Wars Rebels appear in the first season of this series. And if you would like to elaborate, and even I'm writing it down, include the character's name. I will post these records up on social media for the people yeah, to see. Uh, I already have like maybe two. To fire them away, but you only can choose one for the over under. Only one. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's your second card. Shit. <laughs> You're thrown out of the game. Red card. I'm a yellow card, whatever it is. Do I want... Number one, are you taking the over or the under on it? I'm gonna go over. Okay. Because the high ground. Fair um, point. Folks, Andrew is struggling right now. Well, no, I'm struggling between these two of who's the most likely to show up. Right, so you're struggling. Yeah. I, he wants that prize. He wants that prize. He wants a prize. I mean, I'm I'm still thinking of the prize from like a year and a half ago. <laughs> at, at the same time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is the prize a cameo? Apparently. Hey, I like that idea. It gives me um, more time. <laughs> I will go Agent Callus. I like that. Is there a reasoning behind that? I, I just feel with with how the Empire is forming, I feel like he was already a soldier to begin with during the Clone Wars. Okay. And he just changes roles to what he becomes in the Empire. But like he could have already been like a SIS or whatever he is. Sure. Um, in the Empire, and he just switched roles there. I like that idea. That's a really good one. How about you, Sean? Uh, I had two as well, but I think I'm going to go... Well, what was your percentage? 62% Andrew? was the overall. Oh, I didn't give my percentage. What, what would I'll, you like to set it at? I'll do 40%. So you're taking the over at 62, but you're at 40%. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So you're going under. I guess. <laughs> He's taking the low ground on that, I guess. Well, Darth Maul, well, no. Obi-Wan had the low ground, and then he jumped over Darth Maul. Fair point. Fair point. I got you on that. So the under on that. Okay, cool. Sean, you. Here's a surprising one. Uh, Cad Bane. Ooh. Mm. But he wasn't in Rebels. Oh, what? what nah. It does Robin, have to be Rebels. Robin said a Star Wars Rebels character. Did he? Do you oh, want to set that, set that as your secondary character, though? Yeah. I will take that as a second, secondary character. Oh, I, I didn't hear the Rebels part. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh nice save. 
<laughs> I mean, it's basically a regular conversation where Sean just doesn't listen to it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, this is how D&D is going to go. <laughs> no. Maybe. Uh, for Rebels character, I'll say Hera. Ooh. Where were you, what do you want to set it uh, I'll go under. I'll do I'll do 55%. Okay. Is there a reason why Hera? Because that was my secondary choice. No, no reason. I would just like to see her again. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> Anytime we can get Vanessa Williams or Vanessa Marshall well, in there. That's Vanessa, also a thing. Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. <laughs> Vanessa Williams plays uh <laughs> plays tennis. It, it would be a younger Hera too. Yeah. Because they're She's basically the same age as Kanan, right? Young Kanan and young Hera. That would be cool if we saw their pairing, their first pairing. Hmm. The first meeting. Where it goes. Mm -hmm. The first meeting. Wow. But I don't think they talk about their first meeting until the A New Dawn book, which they're already adults in that book. Unless they want to change things up, which I'm fine with. Interesting. Yeah. I like that choice. So, Robert, your secondary is Hera. Who's your first then? My first character. And I think that they're going to play this well as a promo piece, because as we know, Disney is the master of promo pieces. Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm going to take the over on this, but I'm only going to go to 63% on it. Just taking the over on it. Not 69, huh? Uh, Unfortunately, not going to do that, Andrew. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, nice. I know he's, he can hear it in the voice. Um, I'm going to have. <sighs> I was feeling Hera, and then I thought in my mind, I'm like, maybe we will see a young Sabine Wren. I was that was that was my third choice actually. Yeah, I I think I'll take the over on Sabine. How I old think is Sabine? She's young. She's young at this point. She's probably six or seven. Okay. Oh, yeah. She is a few years older than Ezra. Yeah. Because Ezra is born on Empire Day, which is basically when Palpatine gives speech. The speech. Yeah. My other character that I want to just throw out there that I would definitely take an over on is Cassian Andor as promo Mm. for the upcoming Mm. series. Yeah. I that they would have that. De- that they would have Diego Luna come in because if they introduced even for the brief moment Saw Guerrera, we know Cassian Andor in many ways is part of that same resistance group, mm-hmm. even though um, uh, the 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 remaining rebellion has their grief with Saw Guerrera, as we know. Mm-hmm. Cassian has that connection to these groups in different places, so. I, I think Cassian would be a really cool one to see show up with the upcoming series as well. But I will take the over on Sabine Wren, a young Sabine Wren. Here's a here's a fun one, Chopper. Just have him. Oh, yeah. I like Ooh, that. Little... Want to throw that in as a little maybe, maybe? Yeah. What are the chances of us seeing Maul again? If we see or at Maul, least uh... Crimson Dawn. Something itself. from the group itself that mm-hmm. would be interesting if the Bad Batch had to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Wow, I would, I would especially take... Dryden Voss because Dryden too, because we haven't gotten much of his character, right? 
and then and you're Paul playing Bettany needs more more money anyway so yeah i don't blame him yeah, yeah he just he just came from wandavision i think he's good for now <laughs> i think he's doing just fine <laughs> i like those over-unders i'm posting them up right now funko pop is already in mind in terms of which one it will be as well so stay tuned folks for that one if you want to post your over under on social media as well on twitter of which star wars rebels or i will open it up to our fans any character from the star wars series or just from the fandom itself um that you want to take the over or the under 63 or whatever I said, 62% on um, you can post that online with the hashtag BCB um, and we will possibly retweet those and put them out there once they're out there for everybody else to see. So anyways, any final thoughts on this first episode of the bad batch folks? I think we're in a great place heading into episode two here. Yeah. I'll admit I did have star Wars burnout for a few months I after think we all did. i think we all did and to be excited for star wars again just makes me happy so i'm really looking forward to seeing not only where bad batch goes but the book of boba fett in december yes and visions, which visions we will talk about in the actual home show yes Absolutely. Absolutely. Sean, any final thoughts before we put a wrap on this one? No, uh, I like Andrew said, I can't wait for the next episode and excited to be back doing this and starting a it's not really a new series, it's kind of a is it a new <laughs> series? Yeah. Yeah, a little, it's, it's it's a spinoff on our Rebels recap from years ago, but it's really just bringing us back and our voices back to the this, fandom. Yeah, so Guys, it's not the official home show, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a little bit of just a recap piece. So I agree. I'm going to attest. Yeah, to we're what finishing up some stuff for the home show, figuring things out there. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. But I'll attest to what both of you said. It's really great being back behind the microphone and really having the opportunity not only to talk Star Wars with my friends, but to also have the opportunity to get it back out onto the airwaves where people are looking for a discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. looking for a way now that all this content is rolling out to say, oh, I wonder what Andrew thinks about this. I wonder what Sean thinks about this. I wonder what Robin thinks about this. I wonder how many more red and yellow cards are going to get for using so many swears on a show. Like th- there's, there's so much of that. There's so I mean, much. I, of that I already lost. So <laughs> maybe next episode, I'll get a swear jar. Hey, look at that. That is a good idea. I like the swear jar idea. And then uh, I mean, I did my best until the end. <laughs> then we'll we'll see Andrew drive all the way up to Hampton to Sean, and then he just runs into the background, picks up the swear jar, goes poodoo, <laughs> just flips it. <laughs> Do I have Thanks. to walk on my hands like Saboba? Oh, that is a disturbing thought. Because <laughs> me, I'm I'd break my arms, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Oh, and on that note of Andrew walking, <laughs> walking on his hands, yeah, walking on his hands. Absolutely, looking forward to. Are you looking forward for that? <laughs> I am. I am in a way. I, I mean, if I get drunk enough up at the condo, then who knows what'll happen? Anything well, is possible. Hands point. will go somewhere. It's not a podcast until we do this one thing. It's a little thing guys that we like to call what's in robin's pants no that's 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes outside on his lunch and stuffs the squirrel into his face. No, no, <laughs> no, it's what we. Hey, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's plug time, guys! It's plug time. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Commander Nerd. I am currently on a hiatus from YouTube at the moment. Um, but if you do go to my channel, um, the most recent video was a coming out video. So yeah. that was a big step for me. So I'm very huge. happy mm-hmm. with the reach of that video and yeah. the support I got from that video. So if you guys do all go loved, to it, All love to you. All love, man. Um, but if you do find me at Commander Nerd, uh, be sure to subscribe. All that. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Andrew six two five nine two, and Twitter at Commander Nerd as well. Um, other than that, that's where you can find me, Mr. Sean Michaud. How about you, guys? Can follow me on Twitter, Sean Michaud one. Instagram at it's Zone Z, uh, and Music at Bandcamp and Band SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud. Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Robin W. Vote. You can also follow the Brick City Blockade over there at Brick City SWPC. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts and follow us over on Spotify for all the latest episodes and everything that you can find. Also over on Facebook, make sure to like the page, all the latest updates, news that's breaking from Star Wars and fandom in general will be up there going forward. And uh, I just want to reiterate again, uh, Andrew, we are so happy and always uh, it's always a pleasure to support you in every possible way. You're a brother to us and it means so much to this fandom and um, so much to us personally to have you as a part of our family. So I always, w- always want to extend that hand yeah, and, thank you. and, you know, it, it's, it's a very, I'll give t- you something that <laughs> hands. hands. <laughs> and by that, I mean the new lightsaber that Disney unveiled, Ah, which it'll probably cost a thousand dollars. And then you lightly tap it and it breaks. <sighs> like something else. As we always say here at the Brick City Blockade, on that note, if it's just a light tap, that shouldn't just never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's tough there. <laughs> it was still recording. As we always say, may the force, force be, be with you, and happy always. and happy revenge to the Sith, guys. Fifth, yes, peace. <laughs>